With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Welcome back to The Revolution. This is the second podcast of Our Revolution New Orleans. It covers the second meeting of Our Revolution New Orleans since the election. In this episode, you'll hear some new voices. It seems like new faces show up every week. We do have kind of a core of uh, hardcore diehards that come every week, but then it seems like each week the majority of our group is actually a bunch of brand new faces that we haven't seen or haven't seen for a while. Our next meeting won't be until January, January 3rd, 2017 at 7 p.m. at the Blue House, 1700 South Rampart Street in Central City. So there's, uh, you know, we're diversifying, we're getting people to be curious about what we are and what we do, and if you are curious about what we are and what we do, then listen to this. Um, Kyle, I've been here a couple times already, um, I've enjoyed and felt like we've been productive all the times that I've been here. Um, like we're direct and trying to get, you know, make a difference in the causes that matter. And uh, also, with the Foster Campbell election coming up, I thought it'd be cool if I could convince one person to come help canvas on Saturday or get out the vote on Saturday. Excellent. Yeah, uh, my name is Jack, and uh, I've been fighting the machine for a long time, and the machine, I think, is winning. But we can't give up. We've got to keep fighting the machine. It's like, it's, if you don't think <laughs> All right, uh, I'm John. I'm a medical student here at Tulane. Um, I was going to the mobile, and I still go to the Mobilized New Orleans uh, meetings, but I was hoping for something like a little bit more sort of policy oriented and action oriented, I guess. Um, that's sort of what I'm going to get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm Forrest Farjadia. Uh, I've been wanting to get to a meeting for a long time. This is the first time I was able to make it. I've also been going, I went to the first Mobilize NOLA meeting, and they talked about urban farming and herbal medicine, and I thought those were not the paths to <laughs> the changes I wanted to see. So I guess I'm sort of on the same page. I'm looking for something more policy-oriented, and maybe people who aren't afraid to use the words direct action instead of disobedience. Uh, my name is Charlie. Uh, I just kind of just randomly saw it on Facebook. Um, so I just thought I'd check it out, see what y'all are all about, see what your plans are for the future. I'm Jared Jones. I was, uh, Mark actually invited me, saw it on Facebook. So I was uh, just kind of focused on wanting to try to make some action. I mean, I have lots of ideas, but no sort of actual course to go about them. So I'm willing to help any way I can. Hi, I'm Matthew Snyder, I teach political science at Delgado. I was here at the last meeting. I liked what I saw, liked what I heard. Uh, glad to help out, and I'm excited about where this is going. Uh, what am I trying to get out of, out of tonight? I don't know. I'm, I'm really interested in listening and, and seeing what ideas kind of just 
just uh, simmer to the top here, and, and hopefully that, that keeps us uh, moving forward, keeps the momentum going and growing towards progressive change here in Louisiana and across the nation. I'm uh, Stan Thomas. Uh, I, I always vote. I tell people to vote, but uh, just want to be able to take more action and see what's going on. Just check you guys out. So. Uh, my name is Mark Derensborg. Uh, Stan invited me. Um, I'm just trying to get a picture of the local um, left organizing landscape, um, opportunities for direct action, um, and groups that can come out and solidarity for each other. Um, so just here to take me to the um, my name is Devin Johnson. Uh, Aaron invited me. I'm not quite sure what the exact question was. I guess I could kind of name the reason why you're. Well, Aaron invited me um, because the person uh, who was supposed to bring me here forgot. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm his Patsy. I, I brought me. Um, no, I um, I do. Uh, uh, yeah, Aaron, Aaron invited me. I do some uh, political work um, and. Uh, very interested in learning more about what this group does, what their goals are in the short term and long term, and uh, seeing if, you know, the, yeah, helping, helping frame a plan to, to make those uh, thoughts actionable. So, in the back. yourself? Uh, Janine and um, here. I'm Christian. Um, I saw this on Facebook and wanted to check it out. My name is David Alvarez, and I uh, am here too to, uh, to have some action and uh, see what kind of action is going to happen in the coming months to make some positive changes in our community. All right, uh, we're going to start in a minute. Anybody wants to grab a beer or food you haven't, if you haven't eaten yet? Yeah. Go ahead and get up now and Got grab it. And Got some beer. Yeah, I think I think it's really important to hear why most people are here, and all of you are here because you want some sort of action, and and you believe that it's through policy and through actually trying to make things change instead of you know, just kind of bitching about it for for lack of a better term. So that's exactly what our focus is, and uh, we're starting to open up opportunities with electorates and people within the state, and and our goal is to actually work towards real systemic change that's going to be through policy. So, so what we are, I mean, we just, we have no, no official bearing. We're just local organizers who uh, belong to our uh, revolution. Um, so we thought it would be a good idea to uh, keep in touch and kind of keep the momentum going by staying in touch and uh, focus on local issues as well as the national issues um, and actually uh, get that energy of seeing people face to face and being able to relate to them and do it in person. Um, so the idea of this is, is well, the top of the today's meeting was uh, kind of our theory of change, um, kind of bending this group towards, as our revolution has hinted at on the national level, um, an electoral, electoral framework um, in addition to our direct action and just general organizing activities. Um, David's going to uh, go into depth about, and Andre as well, about what that actually means. But um, a small group of dedicated organizers can, in a city um, as apathetic as this, and in a state um, like this, can make a, a definite impact in bumping the more progressive Democrat through the primary or running your own candidates or actually affecting change that way through the electoral process. In addition, um, there are a lot of opportunities for uh, direct action um, in the non-electoral sense. Um, and that'll be ad hoc, um, really kind of rolling with the punches, um, both in, uh, you know, locally and in a you know, Trump reactive sort of sense.
So we're going to cover um, our ongoing efforts right now. Yeah, this is just a, a quick summary of kind of old business that we touched on uh, last week. Uh, first and foremost is how we can uh, help Foster Campbell. Uh, the runoff is uh, December 10th, which is next week, or this Saturday. Right, this Saturday. <laughs> we literally were just talking about it. So really, it's just getting feet, feet on the ground. If you've never canvassed, you should try it. Uh, I, this past weekend or two weekends ago was the first time I ever did it. And uh, it was definitely an eye-opening experience, you know, just being able to talk to people and be, being passionate about why you're actually walking around on a Saturday trying to knock on people's doors. So uh, that's the initiative. Um, I didn't know if any of the Foster Campbell people showed up. Probably not. But we'll have Kyle talk about this. Um, if you want to yeah. talk about if you uh, wanna, Saturday. Yeah, if you want to talk about direct action. And then Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, we've been looking for as many people as we can for the last couple of weeks to get involved in primarily knocking on doors. Um, New Orleans is a blue city, generally, so there's a lot of doors to be knocked on. People that are like the ideas of Foster Camp, but don't really know maybe that the, the runoff is happening or don't really aren't that involved in politics in general. So they really just need a reminder. So that's what most of us are going around doing, just knocking on doors saying, hey, did you know that this Saturday there's a Democrat for U.S. Senate seat, Foster Campbell, then you can explain a little about what that means to you. And uh, you know, I've had a lot of great conversations. I've been to neighborhoods I would have never otherwise been to, which as a Tulane student is really valuable. Um, get trapped in a bubble sometimes <laughs> uptown. <laughs> so uh, it's been nice to, uh, to you know talk to people outside of that and uh, feel like I'm really you know making some change because I have there have been numerous people that you know just by you know reminding them of the day you can really tell you look you see it in their eyes that they're now probably going to vote and they probably wouldn't have otherwise and it seems like a very direct action way. And the U.S. Senate seat, so it is a big deal. Yeah. seat. It's the last seat to possibly have Democratic House. Right. So. I'm being talked about not just in New Orleans, you know, there's articles written all over the country. Yeah, about it's, how it's New Orleans. a big deal. So. Yeah, so. Um, right, so in order to get involved, I mean, I guess I could do a sign-up sheet. Um, yeah, do a sign-up sheet. Uh, and I'm going to text everyone later tonight. That's nice. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then, yeah, I can uh, get you a little information on that. So, yeah. Just a little quick update on Keith Ellison. If you guys aren't familiar with who Keith Ellison is, he is, uh, we're, we're fighting to get him to be the DNC chair. It is important, it's imperative, if we're going to work within the, the construct of the DNC, that, that Ellison, that someone like Ellison is at the helm, as opposed to anyone, any, anyone else that's part of the establishment. So really, what you can do right now is you can donate to his campaign, you can get the word out, you can tell people why it's important for him to be part of this. Um, so that's really just kind of the update on that. There's a, a small smear campaign that's being pushed by the Democratic establishment which is essentially calling him anti-Semitic and anti-Israel, and it's basically being funded by Hillary's top donor, who is an Israeli-American billionaire. Um, they're taking some things out of context, but essentially it's important to understand kind of the Israeli-Palestine conflict, which we're not going to get into tonight. But it's important to see the Democratic establishment is extremely threatened by this, and they're starting to pull out the big guns. They're starting to pull out the foreign money, and this is the reason why we're fighting, is to get these sorts of people get these sorts of influences out of our politics. We give $3.1 million to Israel every year. Israel's not hurting, but our money is going to them, and they're not holding up their end of the bargain within those, these peace relations. And essentially, Ellison and Bernie's called them out, saying, Israel and Palestine, and Palestine, you guys need to work together, and we need to hold your feet to the fire. And America still hasn't done that because we just continue to give them money. So Ellison basically said, why we can't be friends with someone if they're going to continue to treat us like an ATM. 
So it's important to start to understand those relations and why Democratic left is starting to get a lot really threatened by Ellison, just because he he's progressive. He's progressive not only in the in the United States but in the world. So that's just a little kind of uh, update on that. Oh, but by the way, uh, who did Ellison support in the primary? Bernie. Yeah, it's it's a no brainer. Yeah, it's a no brainer. Yeah. So it just it, <laughs> yeah yeah, but and, you know. It, you can look at his voting record. You can look at where he stands. He's not anti-Semitic. He's, he's a realist, and that's, that's, that's what we need if we want any sort of progressive change. Um, the biggest news is Wolfpack. Um, for people who were here, who weren't here, Wolfpack is a national organization to get money out of politics, and the best way to do that is to, is to be through an amendment to the Constitution. There's only been 27 so far. 26? 28. 27, yeah. Every generation so far has had their amendment, so I want this to be ours because this is something, this is a centrist issue that both the left and the right agree on, that we need to get money out of politics if we're going to have any sort of change. So what we're doing as a group, um, I've interfaced with the Louisiana contact who, they've already been doing this. They've already put this action through the state twice. And so there's a more concerted effort. So I'm not going to get into the specifics of it, but if you're interested in it, um, what I'm trying to do is get a list of people who are willing to start to call their, their legislators. So come talk to me afterwards if you're interested in that. And basically, you'd overturn Citizens United as a point of whole amendment. Right. And two calls to state representatives might get you a call back. Three calls will get you a call back. So it's about hounding them. And they'll call you back after three. <laughs> Maybe after two. Maybe after two. All right, Andre. Um, <clears throat> you want to take a little time to talk about um, if we're to adopt and become an electoral like an, uh, endorsing body, what would that mean and how would we... Uh... What we're going to do now is, in the immediate future, we're going to endorse... Well, that's not Foster Campbell. <laughs> we're going to endorse Foster Campbell for this runoff that we have here on December 10th, Saturday. We're going to look forward to putting out other progressive candidates, like we went out with David Alvarez for school board, we're going to look for different people coming up in the springtime for city council members, judges, acting right here locally so we can get more progressive people locally, which is going to help our government here move forward. And then from a solid base here in New Orleans, we're going to spread out to the rest of the state, congressional districts, senators, and then the national appeal. Right now, it's going to be a progressive movement like Senator Sanders started because we're going to get people from all over this area, the New Orleans area, to come under our umbrella. There's a lot of splinter groups of people who really want to do something but don't have effective leadership or ideas of what they can do. Lots of people have energy and they want to work. They don't know exactly how. We're going to bring them here, show them how to canvas, how to knock on doors, how to introduce themselves to people who are on the fence or completely ignorant about the things we want to change and then offer them the intellectual, educated ammunition to conflate all the crazy ideas why that won't work. Well, you say this, but here's our written reasons why it is this way, why it does work. And once you have people fighting, fighting fear with facts, it's just going to move forward for us. This is a 20-year plan, and there's going to be a lot of heavy lifting for people because... Leadership is not something that's easy. Complaining about stuff, everyone can complain. But to actually take part in something that's moving forward, that's going to be personally challenging. It's going to be challenging for the group. But the effects for the city 
for the state are going to be tremendous. And we just start, we start small in groups like this, and we continue and we maintain, and we, the wave goes out. And that's where we're going to go. I mean, this, this is essentially exactly what, what Bernie was asking for. Grassroots effort, people gathering together, starting to work on little things that you can actually achieve, ballot initiatives, working on an amendment. You know, it's not a little thing, but it's a big thing. But starting to see things within your city that you can actually change, and that's just going to grow because you're going to build contacts. You're going to get more people. You're going to start to spread out from this pretty little blue bubble that we live in and start to get to people in the state that really do need help, that are actually going to get hurt by a Trump presidency. So and, um, we're going to take questions and stuff and comments after. But, uh, but, uh, direct this, yeah. are, are there any other groups in Louisiana like this? Um, there's all kinds of different flavors. Um, there's a specific group that I was in contact with this morning called Represent Us who's actually been doing the Wolfpack kind of legwork, and that's where we're going to start to collide because they're doing a lot of policy stuff. They have a lot. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so it's being able to kind of build a framework that we can have effective leadership and effective strategies and start to kind of have splinter cells, you know, start to have a chapter in Baton Rouge, start to hit places like where I grew up, like Crowley. You know, it's like... How do you start to connect with these people who are rice farmers or, you know, oil field guys? That's what we're going to have to do because the left forgot about these people. We, ha- we, we can't. We have to eat a lot of crow because we, we may not be part of the Democratic Party, but we're part of the left. We're part of the intellectual and creative class who, you know, we care about the environment. We care about all these other progressive issues, but at the same time, people got to eat and people need a paycheck and they need health care and they need some basic human dignity. So... That's one of the things we're doing. <laughs> the, the ideas of these social programs have to be framed, have to be framed under the two auspices of national security and economic stability. That's what the Democratic Party did not address in this last election. We had a lot of ideas about climate change and voting rights and all the very important issues, but nobody's going to vote for those things if they think their job is going away or if they think their defense is going away. So you have to frame all those important issues, recycling, under the auspice that it makes you your business stronger. Why should I change to LED lights? Well, it's going to cut your cost by 15% for your energy. So then you're going to be able to turn that 15% into building your business, hiring more people. That's why you use green technology because it, in the long run, it makes more business for you. You don't want to start off with everyone should recycle and paw through their garbage like a starving raccoon because that's not going to – people want no, nuts so. and bolts. It's not going to work. Yeah. Why should we have pay more taxes to have roads and bridges? Because when you're taking your goods from Baton Rouge to St. Louis, you want to do it in a quicker period of time, and that's going to happen on interstate highways and roads that – roads bridges that are fixed simple that makes national security because we want to get our tanks from one end to the other in case we're attacked all these things national security economic stability you get those two messages out you can frame every kind of social program around them and then you get everything all right we're going to switch to david alvarez he's going to uh for those who don't know me around the school board uh as i mentioned before um nearly one um he's going to talk about uh the nitty-gritty about what an actual endorsing body would be, how, what, what that actually looks like, the function that we do, um, what's the, the mechanics and the power that we wield and actually hold um, elected officials uh, accountable. And then he's going to talk about uh, the timeline to the 2017 elections, which are in October. Hello, everybody. Well, um, 
first, I'd like to lament that I'm not there in person. I much prefer to see everybody face to face, but uh, now it's just uh, my face to everybody else. I don't have the benefit of seeing everybody there. I do know some of the names. Um, so let's get right to my role today. Um, as everybody's been saying, move on action, and as Andre and others have been speaking about you know, what action looks like, I ran for office, almost won, and the action looked like very simple, which was canvassing, which was being on message, and which was being authentic. And those things are um, present, I think, in this room. They've been present in that room when I've been there. Uh, I think we're going to continue to be present because um, we may be left or we may be uh, intellectual or other adjectives, but uh, we are all authentic um, in that we want to improve our quality of lives. And I think we all have an understanding of why it is that um, our housing is not as should be or our wages aren't as high as they should be or that the, there's inequalities in our communities. I think we all kind of understand why those things are there and uh, we all want to work towards um, correcting them. So my vision or at least my understanding of the way our system works um, I have because I just went through this election. So I learned some things and I just wanted to convey what I learned to everybody and then you know, you know, as you'll see in the agenda, it says to discuss if we want to become a, a um, an endorsing body and, and if we're going to do these formal things. So let me just kind of share what it is that I, uh, I experienced, and then we'll open up the floor uh, in the agenda to actually, you know, vote on what it is that we're going to do as a body. So I, I went in front of maybe 15, 20 different groups, political groups. These groups, many of them were uh, constituted by, you know, just folks, uh, regular folks, but they weren't really folks that were trying to change the world. Or, you know, they were more focused on really um, myopic and finite uh, agenda items that they were looking for. Um, uh, if I went to um, the uh, Alliance for Good Govern Governance, I went in there. They they liked me. They they debated, but you know, they had never heard of me. And, the questions they were asking really weren't all that provocative, and they were, really weren't asking about uh, quality of life issues more so as they were asking about some other uh, national issues. And you know, they went one way or the other. I went in front of another group, um, uh, a Democratic executive group, and they asked questions a little bit more local uh, oriented. But uh, and, you know, I was running for school board, so they were, they were focused on school issues. But um, they, you know. They didn't really want to get, they didn't want to address the real contributing factors to why our schools were bad or, or why our communities suffer, why we had violence, why we had poverty. Um, um, they weren't really trying to get it. But this group, however, um, I think that it does. And so I would like to see us become a group um, that's like them, but our questions and our vetting process and the way that we determine what candidates we support is all predicated on that candidate's authenticity and that candidate's alignment to the platform that we all know will produce a better community. And that platform on the national level we have for our revolution, it's a wonderful platform. On the local level, however, we as New Orleanians, as neighbors, we should transcribe that national platform to our own, our New Orleans platform. Um, you know, that national platform is very long. Um, it's got a lot of issues that it, it tackles. Um, to win local office, whether it be in, 20, in 
we as a group, we can vet the candidates that are trying to represent us in these offices um, and reconcile what their answers to our vetting questions with our New Orleans platform, the platform that will focus on housing costs, cost of living, the platform about livable wages. These, on the national level, they're there. They're very key for us here in New Orleans. There are lots of communities in this country that are worried about housing. It's pretty, but there are other communities like ours that, you know, affordable housing is a real issue. Airbnb's been in the news. Um, things that are impacting our rents and the cost of our properties, um, that's a very critical thing. Uh, unlike other communities in New Orleans, our roads are important. You know, lots of people, you know, want the roads to be fixed. Um, that's a big issue amongst our neighbors, and that's something that a New Orleans candidate must must have a plan to address this. things. infrastructure, we have, you know, we have a system, uh, a drainage and sewage and water board that's one of the largest sewage and water board systems in the world. And uh, but it's it, it loses half the water that it's cleaning and pumping is getting pumped into the soil because it's antiquated and dilapidated uh, infrastructure. Well, we have a lot of, of opportunity to build a local platform as a group that we say, okay, you want to run for council? You want to run for mayor? You want to run for state representative? You want to run for school board? Great. What are your views here on this platform? Where do you stand in these? And we bring them in, and we and we and we ask them the questions, and then we determine as a body whether or not they get our endorsement. If you'll see on uh, on the agenda, it says discussion suggestions. Um, you know, what can we as a group offer? Um, I I will add, or at least my you know, from my perspective, we can offer a lot. Number one, we have access to a network um, within the city that that can speak in one voice you know, around this platform. But number two, we can advocate for getting uh, email lists and other resources from the national group to assist us in our ability to be a leveraging political entity. Um, so, you know, just like Bernie right now is leveraging his influence in D.C. where he says, you know, Keith Ellison's our guy. Once Bernie made that, then people listen. Because anything that Bernie says now, after getting millions and millions of votes, people listen. Well, that's a reality. Because I've had people that I don't even know come up to me and, 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 and want, have asked me questions the reason why they're listening to what I'm saying is because 47% of the people in my neighborhood voted for me. So they think, well, this well, this guy has to say has to wait because the people you know, voted for him. So there, we can capitalize on not only Bernie's momentum and the movement, but also my momentum and other local candidates. I think that that can snowball. And so Aaron said operationally what that looks like, it's not that difficult. It's actually quite simple. I suspect we need maybe one or two work groups, a work group to work on establishing forums and what those look like for 2017. We've got plenty of time. And another group maybe to establish platform. Like what what does our local platform look like versus um, you know, the national? And, and that's it. Our forums can be set. Our questions can be set by work groups. And then we invite candidates to come. And, and our carrot, if you will, to our candidates it is our support, which our, which our candidates will see has value. Because not only David Alvarez, but all of you and your Facebook and connections and the connections of our, our revolution nationally, all of these can come to bear and they can actually leverage our agenda on the local.
said operationally, what that looks like, that looks like in the coming months, the membership here of Our Revolution, volunteers, and I will volunteer to work on uh, groups to, to put together forums, to invite candidates, and to vet those candidates, and then to have official endorsements. And, and I will volunteer on that process, and I look forward to working with uh, any of you who wish to uh, get active and do something. Um, on canvassing, we can also offer canvassing as uh, something that a candidate would want. Oh, I have the endorsement of our revolution. They, those guys knock on doors. That means a lot for local uh, elections. Believe me, I know. I, I almost won, and I just I came out of nowhere. I almost won. And I almost be somebody that was getting money from from Bloomberg and Walton's and he was paying still almost didn't matter. The, the, locally we can, we can we can really affect some changes and, and arrest power if we work together. So that's that's what I have to say. Thank you, David. Thanks, Dave. So I mean the benefits of the electoral uh, framework for everybody is they mean you care about local politics. I assume most people do, they live in the city. Um, you're aware that I mean most of the local politicians are probably not as good as you might want to have them, and they're not really that progressive, despite the fact that it's a pretty blue city. Um, so this is a way that we are much stronger together um, than rather than you know, just posting on Twitter or whatever, um, being around no uh, white noise. But if we're uh, together in, uh, and organized, we can actually uh, punch above our weight. Um, so I mean, it's a long-term plan. It's not uh, necessarily all that sexy, but it, it means it's got a real significant payoff if you want to see change. Um. Yeah, it's, it's, you will find if you want any sort of significant change, this is basically a life commitment. You know, what, what we're up against is, is so big. Uh, it's so big that we have to start chipping away at the things that we can. <laughs> There's a Chinese proverb that says the thousand mile journey begins with the first step. Well, we've taken the first few steps and we're going to welcome you along with us on this journey. But it's a long journey, and we've got a lot of places to do. We've got lots of work. But this is a great city, and we, we're going to find more and more people who want to affect change the way we want to see it, just as the days and weeks go by with our regular meetings, and speaking to people and getting more people here one at a time, two at a time, until it's undeniably a large revolution. So uh, what was Dave talking about uh, the forum? So that is, I mean, we have the numbers. I mean, right now we've got 80 members signed up on paper. Um, we probably had maybe 15 or 20 people of those canvas for Foster or for uh, David. Um, and, I mean, a group of this size, I mean, I don't know what the critical number would be, but we could definitely get, you know, in the primary, before, well, before the, uh, the election, I mean, we could have interviewed Fayard and Foster, yeah. get there early enough and work for them and got them to sit down with us in a group this small and find out, all right, what do you really care about? And I mean, look at them face to face and uh, talk to them about what you feel is important progressively and um, I guess grassroots wise, I mean, what, are, what is important to you? Um, and then, I mean, obviously, the, I guess the characters David was talking about that, I mean, we have to support them either through donations or our contacts and that sort of thing. Um, and the better we are as an organized group and coming out and producing, um, the louder our voices will be heard if we come together. And the uh, mechanism of that would be um, maybe March, April, something like that, we would uh, hammer out a, a platform. We'd all agree, probably take uh, a while, 
shout about it, see what's the top three important things uh, for us here. Um, and then we can sit down with, um, as you see on the screen, every municipal uh, office that they have the upper grass, we could um, have that form form and see where they're standing at. And I mean, there can be three or four candidates, um, maybe, for each office. Uh, we're looking, probably not, maybe some people are running on post. But nonetheless, I mean, we could uh, definitely throw away behind somebody and at least get them thinking about what they need to get our support. Right. Think of it as collective bargaining. We are, we are essentially unionizing as people to try and get our voices heard. And that's the only way to do that is through policy and through the people that are actually going to make policy change. Um, so I can talk a little bit about what I mean, that might lead to. Um, again, uh, the critical uh, fact organization. Um, there's not much left organization that's worth anything in the United States except for the Democratic Party. And, Probably have people have different ideas about, it, but it's um, you know fairly corporate and not really uh, responsive to the grassroots. Um, my personal opinion, and what I would hope to get out of this group in the long term, is to develop um, infrastructure, uh, a parallel structure to Democrats, so that I mean, locally and probably at the state level, and I mean, hopefully other groups do the same. That I mean, we have our contacts, we're organized, and that every election we have a position, and we could either. Endorse someone who's already a Democrat um, in the main, or we could uh, endorse them in the primary, and eventually, hopefully, groom our own candidates. That's the ultimate goal. Yes. So that we have people who uh, aren't involved, uh, aren't corrupted through contact with oil and gas, which is a major issue in this about I mean, where the, the money comes from to corrupt people. Um, or people get professionally involved in other two. I mean, they're part of that class, and then once you're an incumbent, it's very hard to unseat them. So um, there, uh, there's a new idea for a new party, and I mean, this is five years, ten years in the future. Um, an actual low, uh, small, lowercase uh, D Democratic Party. In every other parliamentary, well, in every Western Demo uh, democracy, it's a parliamentary system. And people are actually members of the Labor Party in Great Britain, and there are hundreds of thousands of members. And they sign up, they pay the dues, and they actually get a vote on the platform. Whereas the United States, the Democratic Party doesn't really have any members. I mean, you have a party affiliation, but you're not a member of that party. It's not, you don't politic. So we, as Americans, have a very um, apathetic sense of what politicking is. Um, it's very consumerist in that, I mean, the national organizations together, and you react to it in a media sense or consumerist sense. Whereas, on a local level at least, and then nationally we come together, we could have an actual living vital, a living organiza uh, organization so that there's a vitality and that we actually are members, we support each other, and then we actually uh, are an informal party, so to speak, if that's the goal. But this is throwing out there, I mean, we're going to talk about this at the end and see what uh, people think, um, and we'll probably come to discussing that. Um, and then obviously, I mean, the long-term plan, uh, plan is, I mean, we're going to find people who are, you know, progressive, who believe in economic justice, and uh, well, getting money out of politics. Um, and then on a national level, I just wanted to talk about them. Um, one of the benefits of the parliamentary uh, parties is that they hold people accountable. Um, I forget his name, but the Prime Minister of England, um, right before World War II, a Labour Prime Minister, um, conspired with the Tories or the Conservatives um, in England to pass an austerity member. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, an act, basically. Mm -hmm. Before him, it was one before uh, it was in the lead up to World War II, um, Lord Chamberlain. Um, 
Well, nevertheless, I mean, they threw him out of the party um, for uh, betraying them uh, and basically, you know, passing. I mean, like uh, a good uh, analogy would be the bank ballot with Obama. Um, the United States has no uh, feedback mechanism to elected leaders. We can't dethrone Obama. This is not a problem. This is the, I'm wrapping up. Um, so that's, I guess, a, uh, a goal for the future. All right, Larry, do you want to talk about uh, the march? Uh, <clears throat> sure, it's uh, a little bit in limbo at the moment. I'm going to be making a fundraising video, hopefully get it up this week. And it's uh, March for Revolution. It's a, The brand is actually Millennials March, which is actually uh, in several cities across the country simultaneously on the day after inauguration, which is uh, January 21st. And it's basically just to show solidarity amongst many groups. In fact, many people are joining us. Uh, Pantsuits Nation, National Organization for Women, um, Women's March on DC. They're having a local chapter that's joining us here in Baton Rouge, if we do Baton Rouge. But the idea is just basically to show, hey, you know, you don't have a mandate, that Trump does not have a mandate. You didn't get the popular vote. There's a lot of people out here who have you know, contrary ideas to the folks that he put into his cabinet. Uh, and the plans laid out so far, I mean, they kind of all point in the same direction, which is against what most people actually want. If only you ask them on issues without labels, pretty much everybody agrees. But anyway, so, uh, so yeah, so it's a show of numbers, basically. And also, it's, if we're going to Baton Rouge, it might actually be a test of our, the, um, the strength of our First Amendment rights, you know, because we all know that Baton Rouge is not exactly friendly to folks trying to, you know, okay. do the, you know, use their First Amendment rights. So it could be a test of that, you know, we, if we are going to be in a brutal dictatorship, we kind of want to know that as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah. Larry um, was one of the co-organizers of the three Bernie marches out of the Bywater, a Frenchman. So. Yeah. And here in, in Louisiana, it's like really friendly. I mean, like the cops, they don't, they, it's another parade, another second line. You know, they're all set up for it. You know, they love to take your money for it. Uh, whereas in Baton Rouge, it's like hard to get a permit and, yeah. you know, for no reason, you know. And, uh, but in order to do it in Baton Rouge, of course, we have to have um, transportation, we have to have porta potties, we have to have crowd insurance, we have to have the permits, obviously. I mean, there's a lot of, things that they're going to throw at us to try to keep us from doing that. So uh, the the ones here, you know, we did for under a thousand bucks. You know, in fact, the last one was like you know, 750 bucks or something that we raised, which was, you know, enough money for the permits and everything. In Baton Rouge, it's going to likely be a lot more than that. So basically, um, I'm doing a conference call with everybody involved tomorrow. We're going to try to nail it down, whether it's going to be here or there. But... Um, and be looking for my GoFundMe video so that you can, you know, if you can't show up, at least maybe you can throw us some dollars. <laughs> yeah, we talked about the direct action um, and kind of eschewing symbolic, symbolic action, but again, um, I think with enough people, I mean, that becomes an actual expression of power. I mean, I mean the administration is only going to be able to do what we allow them to do. Yeah. So, Michelle, if you want to talk about uh, direct action. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard this, but uh, this rolled out uh, yesterday. It's called the Injustice Boycott. Uh, there's a journalist in New York named Sean King who has just been on the pulse for um, police brutality, 
um, and then specifically with like hate crimes and stuff that are coming up with Trump, but, but specifically focused at police brutality. And what this is, is this is taking a note from uh, Dr. King's nonviolent protests. How, do we, how can we start to affect change through monetarily, you know, uh, starting to affect people where, where their pocketbook is? And so what the injustice boycott is doing is yesterday it rolled out in three cities. And the goal is to hold three cities accountable within 43 days to actually start to listen to the activists that are already there. The, the police, the, the authorities already know the activists. Uh, the three cities are Standing Rock, obviously, for what's going on, but the two are San Francisco and New York. And the reason why these two were chosen is because these are supposed to be progressive beacons. These are supposed to be cities where you're, you know, you're progressive, you can be whoever you want, you can live the American dream. Um, so we are going to hold them accountable. We're gonna say, all right, guys, you have 43 days to listen to our demands. And if you don't listen to these demands and actually start to process some of the things that these activists are trying to do, we're going to boycott your tourism. We're going to boycott your businesses. Um, there's there's going to be help for local businesses and black-owned businesses. Um, but then on a, where we can actually come in is they're going to identify all the corporations, all the banks that are in these cities, and essentially stop, stop supporting them. If your bank's in the city, like for me, if Chase is in that, I bank through Chase. If Chase is in one of those cities, I'm taking my money out of Chase. It's just simple as that. It's something that you can do that hopefully, in the bigger scheme of things, will actually affect it. But the goal is to start with these two cities, give them 43 days to start listening to the demands of the activists that are there. If they change, great. If not, then it's going to roll into more cities. New Orleans and Baton Rouge are one of them. So I have a feeling that it's not. this is just not going to solve everything. So we need to start preparing for what we can do you know, when that starts to happen. But just a perfect example of what Sean King will do, if you sign up, and let me back up, if you go to injusticeboycott.com, you can sign up, they'll email you, and they give, basically give you tasks every day. Like today was tweet the New York mayor and say, put the, guy, put the cop that killed Eric Garner in prison. Simple as that. So it's just a matter of amassing a lot of people and having some sort of social media presence, as well as for the people who actually live in those cities to actually do something. So I thought that was something that was really cool, and uh, I know that I'm, that's something I'm interested in, so definitely check it out if you guys are interested. We have to remember that a lot of these programs, these civil disobedience ideas that we have on the books or in ideas right now, are not going to take effect in a month or two. The Montgomery bus boycott was 381 days. Yeah, this is that means you're going to exactly be inconvenienced out of the things that are easy for you for 381 days. That's the kind of commitment you're going to need to have for the change you seek. They're not just going to give it to you because you didn't have to eat lunch for an afternoon. These are going to be hard things to accomplish, but they're worthwhile. And I, I was amazed at that. I, 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 I met him a number of times on the campaign trail, always really friendly, always really positive, just a good Genuine person. person. <laughs> I, and, you know, I, I, I speak to him like that during the circuit of endorsement meetings that, that you know, David was referencing, which is a slog for everyone um, involved in this, even, even the endorsing organization, so just be prepared for that if and when you all decide to go down that path. Um, but, you know, I would speak to the folks afterwards, and they were like, if
in, in respect to this group specifically, focus and passion. Y'all were working in one race in a geographically contained, like there's uh, about 35,000 registered voters in, in that school board district, um, plus or minus. Uh, and so a group like this who's passionate about a single candidate and focused and understands the message, understands the candidate, uh, made a significant difference in a race that had a lot of money. Interview everyone who's willing to listen. Just pick one in all of the races. Find the one you are really passionate about and someone that you can really focus on and have them punch above their weight. Because if you endorse everyone in, in all of the different seats, yeah. you ain't gonna do shit. Yeah. We have to be we have to be surgical. We have to find some somewhere where we can be the most and effective. If you can find that one candidate, then you, I think you can make a marked difference in a an election that's gonna have a very different dynamic than the one we just went through. The meeting went on after this recording, and there was a lively discussion afterwards. We do try to keep this to an hour and keep it to the main highlights. Now, next time, I would really like to have more audience participation on this podcast. So definitely, next time when you come, come ready to speak, come ready to ask questions, come ready to contribute. Our next meeting won't be until January. January 3rd, 2017, at 7 p.m., at the Blue House, 1700 South Rampart Street in Central City. Happy holidays, everyone. See you next year.